from the Summer Skate Studios. This is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast is brought to you by M Drive. Honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inn & Suites. Travel happy again. Book your 150 locations at drurihotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six. East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. The 2019-2020 WCHL champions look to make it three in a row. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort. For lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Welcome in to the second episode of the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Denver, Colorado, about, oh, I don't know, 5,280 feet above sea level. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from uh, not that high up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Uh, do we not have Stephen? We're still waiting for Stephen. Okay, we'll uh, we'll keep working until we get Stephen on board, and I'll keep yapping because that's what I do is yap at the best. Um, so let me let, another Wednesday let me jump night. In now. Let me jump podcast. in now. Ah, he remembered to hit now. the call in button. Yes. <laughs> How are you, you my friend? This is, I, I'm good, but you were saying this is the second official, but this is the first official because last week we were still um, at the former I can't title. hear you. Um, you're coming in and out. Can you hear me okay? Still can't hear you. We will we'll continue to work and get Steve on a good connection. And uh, I'll tell you that it is Wednesday night, which is our uh, ACHA WCHL WWCHL podcast, newly named the Great West College Hockey Podcast. We love it. No longer club hockey because we don't like the word club. So we moved it. Great West College Hockey Podcast. It is from this point forward. As Stephen tries to get a new connection and uh, we see if we can get him connected with us. Stephen, do we have you? Uh, I hope so. I hope you ah. have me. Oh, there we go. Now I hear you. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, let's. Uh, we always seem when we 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 do a new show or something. It always seems like a shaky beginning there, but uh, we'll we'll make up for it. Uh, this is the first official show of the of the new name, uh, but uh, I, it's going to be a, a great. But things are going well. It's uh, hockey is heating up, and uh, certainly the ACHA season is uh, well underway. The second part of it, at least. It's Wednesday, so you know what that means, right? ACHA rankings came out today, Stephen. Yes, your favorite thing. Your favorite thing in the whole wide world. <laughs> okay. I, I promised. I promised Chris Perry after he gave me such a 
detailed description of what's going on, that I wasn't going to worry about it week to week. He said that that's not how they work. They're not week to week like the college football polls or things like that. So, um, well, I'm I just, still disagree I, with the computers. I'm just, I'm, ex- uh, I'm just excited because I could. We have our guest on tonight. I could just sit back and you two could just go back and forth about the rankings all show long, <laughs> and it would would fill an hour. Just you don't have to do anything. Rankings. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> We're not letting you off the hook that easy, my friend. Uh, he doesn't want to hear from me anyway. <laughs> uh, we do have a great guest coming on in oh about ten minutes or so. Uh, we got the voice of the rebels, Dana Lane's going to be joining us in about ten minutes. Uh, in the meantime, let's go through these rankings because we have to do it. People want to know. I don't know why, but they want to know. Uh, it really doesn't matter until sometime the first part of March um, when they uh, select the teams that will go to the national tournament. But how I talked to uh, Rick Zombo, Stephen, uh, last week and was hoping we'd get him on the, uh, the show tonight, but he had a commitment, so he couldn't come on. But uh, he was telling me just how difficult it's been for them um, they're still stuck at 11-0-0 uh, because they've had like four weeks of uh, canceled games due to COVID. The most recent cancellation was their two-game exhibition that was supposed to be played at Arizona State this weekend. That was canceled because of COVID. Um, so he, he's a little frustrated. He said his guys just don't understand what, what they can do or can't do because uh, they just can't get out of protocol. Yeah, you, you they haven't played a game since November. It's what it's, uh, so it's uh, they there are two as you mentioned the uh, they uh, they had road series games against Iowa State that were postponed this past weekend, and of course as you mentioned uh, their games against the NCAA Arizona State's team in Tempe have been uh, have been canceled as well. So it's been uh, it's been tough for them. Yeah, since November, so that's just, that's what two, almost two months now. Uh, yeah, well, I, I didn't take into consideration uh, when I said the four weeks about the uh, normal break time. The normal I'm just break talking time, right. about coming out of break. They, right. they haven't been able to get a game scheduled and played. So Lindenwood still holds down the number one spot because the computer doesn't uh, doesn't want to leave them from there, no matter how. <laughs> no well, matter they're how. undefeated, and yeah, they they've had some and good the, wins. Yeah, they've, they've had some good wins in the early part of the season. So maybe they don't want to play any more games because maybe they'll <laughs> stay at number one. <laughs> sit there, sit there till the end of the year. Might, might be interesting uh, when it comes tournament time if they haven't played a game in like three months. But <laughs> absolutely. Well, Minot State, fifteen and two, holds down the number two spot. Uh, Liberty. Uh, up to number three at 14-4-0. and 0. Uh, they, had their, UNL- they had a couple of their games uh, postponed too, uh, Liberty. They had a, a scheduled home games against Drexel, and they had uh, their games postponed. Minot State was idle last week. Um, you know, I, what I've noticed with UNLV this year is that they've become – a complete team. And by complete, I mean uh, they come off a break. They didn't particularly play their best, but they found a way to win. And Coach Powers agreed with me. He said, you know what? That's exactly what's happening. They're uh, they're finding ways to win hockey games now because they're a good hockey team. And uh, Coach Powers said he, he really thinks, like I do, they're going to be in the, in the title game uh, come March 7, uh, 15th, 16th, whatever that is. Um, down at uh, at Lindenwood, so well that, they hold down number four. That'll make it great for us. That means I'll have to stay in St. Louis the whole time, which a few <laughs> extra days in St. Louis isn't going to be a bad oh, thing. But. What were you doing? Planning on leaving early? <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. When we cover it, we cover it till the cover end. It. <laughs> uh, 
No, but can I say uh, can I say one thing about UNLV though? Yeah, they had a couple. Yeah, go ahead. They had a couple. Of the game, they had their series last weekend with Jamestown, and Jamestown's a tough team. They're number nine. We'll, you'll mention them. In, we'll mention them in a minute because they're number nine. But um, they, they, UNLV did have to face a little bit of adversity. It was their first games out of the break. It was uh, you know Jamestown had already played a couple of games, so they've already had a chance to kind of get back into game action. As I said, UNLV it was their first game since they went on their break. They've been practicing, but you know it's different practice than playing a game. And it was UNLV kind of had to fight through some things, and it was they got down to a two nothing deficit, and they had to come back. They had to come back, and then they ended up winning uh, in overtime on Friday. And then Saturday, they were a little bit more in control, but my, uh, Jamestown did make it interesting. UNLV got off to a four one lead, and then Jamestown made it a little interesting. But uh, those two teams, when they play each other, it's always a battle. Um, so it's it's always a battle when those two teams play, but. UNLV was able to get the win, but I think something like that is can be good because, you know, if you're beating teams easily every time, then, then uh, you know, it's, it's a little adversity doesn't hurt. But it's good if you have adversity and you're still able to get the win better than getting a big, uh, getting some losses in there. Okay, you got it out of your system. <laughs> uh, uh, Iowa State holds down number five. Adrian number six. Central Oklahoma twenty-two four zero. Holding down number seven, uh, I, I don't get it. I'm not going to go there. I promised I wouldn't go there. I'm not going there. Stony Brook, 16-4-2. Jamestown, who uh, lost three in Arizona, two to UNLV, one to Grand Canyon. I'm telling you, they aren't as good as their ranking. Uh, number 10, Missouri State, 15-6-1. Uh, Maryville in at number 11 at 12-5-1. Illinois, 12-12-1. Uh, I don't think they're as good as their ranking either, but that's just me. Indiana Tech, 18-3-1. I like them. I think they should be in the top 10. Um, Pittsburgh, 15-3-1. Know nothing about them. Uh, holds down number uh, 14. Arizona at 15, 13-7-0. Ohio comes in number 16 at 13-8-3. Michigan-Dearborn, 14-6-2. Aquinas. Aquinas, Aquinas, I don't know, one of them. <laughs> I always get that one wrong. 14-4-1, number 18. Utah stuck at 6-7-3, and three, holding down the number 19 spot. Niagara in at number 20 at 18-3-1. and one. Midland, number 21 at 11-9-2. and two. Uh, Rhode Island holds down number 22 at 12-8-1. The Baffler that never changes, number 23, Arizona State, 5-12-0. How you can be in the top 23 with a five-win, 12-loss record uh, baffles me. Uh, Lawrence Tech, 15-8. No, and Delaware, 14-8, and two rounds out the top 25. No, I was what just want to say? No, I just want to say about Arizona State, they haven't had a chance to play any games yet since the break. So, um, you know, Utah is another one. They haven't played any games since since the break. I don't think their next game is till the 28th, so uh, they still got another week or so before they play, but... Uh, yeah, it's interesting. We always talk about Arizona State. You know, they're five, twelve, and zero, and they're twenty. They're in. They're ringing up the the rear, as they say. And uh, yeah, I, I think the the most interesting thing is that uh, let's see, Aquinas uh, moved up a couple of spots, and uh, the other teams, you know, Niagara moved down a spot. Um, nobody really jumped too much in the in their standings. Everybody kind of yeah, stayed where not, they're, except for Stony. Not gonna happen. <laughs> except for Stony. Except for Stony Brook, it went from eleven. 11th uh, last week to number eight, so kudos to them. Absolutely. Okay, so the, the good news is the WCHL has uh, six teams in the top 25. They have three teams in the top 10. Um, 
So th- that's good news. There's going to be uh, four, maybe five teams that I believe getting into the national tournament from the WCHL. And we'll see uh, as things wind down who comes away with the championship. It's going to go right down to the wire. We'll talk about the games after we get done visiting with our guests because we're not going to wait any longer. Um, I learned a couple of things, and one of them is when you've got a guest, you don't keep them waiting. So uh, it's our pleasure tonight to welcome in Dana Lane, the voice of the Rebels, and a little bit of everything in Las Vegas. Dana, you and I go way back seven years now. Do you believe that? Uh, it is incredible, and I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Um, it, it, time flies. I mean, I think about this now. When I got over my five-year mark with UNLV, I really started to think about that and think about how, you know, I mean, I walked into that rink one day when they were a Division Two team, you know, and I was just trying to latch on to anything that resembled hockey. And I, I, and I was so lucky to be – uh, asked to be part of this thing, and it's been an incredible ride to see where they were, even before that, guys. Because I I follow them, you know, before I I you know talk to Coach Greener and I, uh, Vignary Greener and 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 Coach Raboni. I followed them before that. They had a pretty good program before that. They just needed a little bit of structure, and and honestly, we we kind of measure them by where where they are under Vignary Greener, but. Even before that, I mean, the the table was set when Greener was a player of how good this this team and this club club sport was going to be uh, moving forward. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that, Dana. Um, I, I, I talked to Coach Powers last night. We had him on our NCAA podcast, and um, I was asking him about that. And I said a couple of things that have amazed me over the seven years since I started this company. Um, one of them is. Uh, back then, it was kind of taboo. Nobody would talk about wanting to go NCAA, even though Arizona State was making that move. Everybody said, yeah, you know, we want to get good. We want to be the best in ACHAT one. But nobody would come out and say, hey, our goal is NCAA hockey. Well, guess what? Over the last couple of weeks, we've had San Diego State come on and say right on the show, we're shooting for NCAA hockey. Uh, we had Oregon on. I had coach from Oregon. He said the same thing. Uh, we're shooting for NCAA hockey. Um, we know what's going on at UNLV. Coach Powers says um, all they have to do is win or get close to winning the ACHA D1 championship, and he thinks it'll happen. Um, it, it, it's exciting times in uh, in the western part of the United States. Well, I, I can tell you, Scott, I mean, I talked to all these coaches before the games, and you know, one of the things I always try to at least pick their brain about or kind of plant a seed in there about it is, hey, look, whether, whether we – I mean, back in the day, UNLV would – you know, they'll play um, – you know, they'd play SMU, and you could just tell that they weren't serious about this. But now as they move to, you know, Division One, there's a – you can see the bloom of the West Coast hockey teams coming up. And whether I talk to – you know, coaches from Utah or Arizona State or Arizona, um, you know, there all is this common goal that, you know, I kind of feel like we're all in the in the flower bed growing. And once we all grow together, you're going to have a, a, a you're going to have a conference bloom from that. And not only do does everybody need UNLV to go Division One, but we really need everybody else to play well as and have that goal in mind. Because if you don't have, I mean, you could probably ask Coach Powers if you don't have that those teams in close proximity. I mean, the travel cost is is astronomical. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm going to let Stephen talk here in just a minute. But uh, the one thing that Coach Powers also told me last night, and totally unprovoked, uh, we were talking about Oregon, San Diego State, and he brought up the name UCLA. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. He, he, he thinks UCLA is, is going to be a program uh, coming soon. Um, and, and the one thing that I found out, Dana, with all of these guys is they're all tied into Coach Powers. Uh, Riley Orr from Oregon said, I wouldn't be at Oregon right now if it wasn't for Coach Powers. <laughs> uh, Phil down at San Diego State said the same thing. He goes, yeah, well, the roadmap's been set by Coach Powers. So it's like he's got this little network going on. And uh, <laughs> I have a feeling there's a, there's a reason why ASU has not chosen. You know, they'll tell you why they haven't chosen a uh, conference yet. And they'll say, it's well, you know, we can get 24 home games without uh, without being in a conference. Uh, it's good for us. We, anybody will come and play us, this and that. But I think it's they're holding out. I think they're holding out. I think it's going to be the two Alaskas. I think it's going to be Arizona State. I think it's going to be UNLV. And who the other two are, not sure. Could it be Lindenwood? Could it be San Diego State? Could it be Oregon? Who knows? But the next five years, there's going to be a new conference in NCAA hockey. I mean, or would they swallow up? Um, you know, depending, and, and I haven't had in-depth con- discussions, but, I mean, if you're going to swallow up Alaska, you might as well be swallowing up Jamestown and Minot State if that's the direction that they want to go in as well. I mean, if you're going to go all the way up there to have conference games, I mean, I remember, shoot, when, when you know, Alaska, both Alaska schools were playing in the same conference as Notre Dame and Ohio State and, you know, yeah. Michigan. I mean, it was – I mean, you talk about travel that was brutal. I mean, that that absolutely killed those programs. And, yeah, I, I think that they're absolutely waiting for, you know, the Oregons and, and the UCLAs and even USC who has a club hockey team to – I think something's brewing. Now, I don't know, you know, what the timetable is for it. Certainly Arizona State got out of the gate early and certainly UNLV is behind them. Uh, but besides that, I know that they're – you know, that's what their goal is in Utah. Now, how far away from that? I don't know. Uh, part of winning is also having money. And it doesn't necessarily mean, mean that winning has to come before the money. If the money is there, they will move forward. And we know that Utah has got a few dollars. Yep, absolutely. There's one name I'm going to throw out at you, too. It's uh, the only Canadian university to play in NCAA sports, Simon yep. Fraser. Uh, yep. So w- when does Simon Fraser come on board? I know they're getting a lot of heat from from the Alaska schools to uh, to make the jump. So we'll see. Okay, Stephen, your turn. Like I don't talk to Stephen enough. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But, you know, I, I won't take his phone call, so he's like, hey, Scott, can you have him on the show? <laughs> I had nothing to do with this. Oh, I the truth I comes out. The truth comes out. <laughs> Text me constantly. <laughs> he's like, what, what could I possibly send to him that would be on the edge of irritation, but yet not quite irritating him. And it's like, hey, are you watching the Cowboys game? That should get him. And sure enough. I love it. Or, hey, have you you seen the rankings? Oh, don't go there with me. That's a a difficult subject for Scott. Well, that's interesting now, guys. I mean, that's a difficult subject for scott it's always been a difficult subject for me and i oh, been, oh i you know, know. You know i said before, blasted for that 
Well, I said I said before you came on, I said uh, I could I could just have you and Scott talk about the rankings for a whole hour, and I could just sit back and listen and not even have to get in because it, it, there's there's a big discussion about that. But I, I know I and when I'm on hold, I'm I'm hearing <laughs> Scott go through it. I'm like, what what is going on here? I mean, like, where were you when uh, you know ACHA headquarters was coming down on me? <laughs> Sorry. Well, Sorry. I. I told Chris Perry last week before I did the show, I said, I'm going to apologize right now because I'm going to rant. And he said, rant away. And then then he said, let me send you some information as to how we get to this point. So oh. he and I filled in my email uh, with with the stats and, and how the computers work. And he said, one thing I don't want you to do is get caught up in the week to week. And I said, Chris, here's the problem with it. Um, every Wednesday, and I've already gotten up tonight, I get emails from parents um, sponsors, um, other other people, other fans that that can't figure it out. They go like, "Okay, we're looking at the rankings, and how come a team with twenty two wins is uh, is a is not above a team with uh, eleven wins?" Or you know, and so I I saw how this all worked. I, I still don't totally get it. And and my point of it is, and I was telling Chris this, I said. You know, it might be a great formula and get you the best 16 to 20 teams or whatever into the national tournament. But along the way, uh, your fans, your sponsors, your parents who don't understand the formula are going, what's going on? How, how is this happening? So that's yeah. where I come from. I'm trying to grow the game. And I think if, if you don't explain it to those people, you're going to have a hard time getting them on board. I mean, I'm okay with it. And believe me, Stephen, I'm dying to talk to you. But, um, you know. Oh, I bet the, you are. <laughs> um, you know, I just, the, the issue that I have with it is, and, and if you're within that, that 12 range, then you don't have too much of an issue with it. Uh, if you get up in that four to five range, then you start to have even more of an issue with it. And, you know, <laughs> Look, you can tell me all you want. I understand computer rankings. Believe me, I understand the computer rankings. I understand how you arrive. At, I understand why teams move when they don't even play because it's everything affects everything else. I understand that concept. But the concept is great, but there also has to be a common sense concept to it as well. And when UNLV and Liberty do not play one game but switch positions, when the team that's higher – lost a head-to-head -head matchup, to me, you're taking common sense out of the equation. And if you take common sense out of any equation, then I don't think the original equation makes much, much sense to begin with. Well, let me tell you this, Stephen. We're going to let you talk. I promise. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm willing just to sit back and you, you but, two just. This <laughs> can be the Scott sorry. and Dana show. Dana, Dana. Here's what we did on my NCAA show. We were so frustrated with these polls and different things. We understand that NCAA is pairwise. It's another computer. That's how it's going to be set. But but Paul and I decided that we're going to use our eyeballs. We feel like we see enough games. Well, it's cutting edge. Yeah, cutting edge. So, yeah. So we started the Super 16, which we put out every uh, Sunday night on the Sunday Night Podcast. We come out with yep. it, uh, and it's more eyeballs and computer rankings than anything. Like we still think Minnesota State's number one team in NCAA hockey, where everybody else has moved Quinnipiac up there. And and I'll tell you right now, 
Quinnipiac is not as good as Minnesota State. Uh, you got to look at who they played. You got to look at how they played when they played them. And um, th- that's part of it, too. Like you say, the common sense. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's where you're having a problem. And to me, that's where ACHA needs to look at it and say, okay, do we want to grow this? Because if we're going to grow it, we need money, right? We need sponsors. We need parents to be involved. And when a, parents te- a parent texts me or emails me the next night and says, um, how come, exactly like you said, why is Liberty ahead of Nevada, Las Vegas? And, and I have to go, um, I don't know. <laughs> and, that's a big, uh, and that's a big spot, too, because top four get a buy in the tournament. So that's well, and, a big question right there. That's yes, a legitimate and, question. And, and and UNLV 18-3-0 and Liberty 14-4-0. And like you say, UNLV beat them head-to-head. That should move them ahead. The other thing I think is if you don't have double-digit victories, you can't be in the top 10. I'm sorry. You oh, just oh, haven't played enough games. And that's right, Scott, because here here's the thing. And I, I again, to to let Chris off the hook, because I, I do understand the premise. The premise is you have, you know, what, 100 teams in the ACHA, around or about. There's no way that you're going to be able to get a grasp of every single one of those teams and put out a legitimate poll. And there's just, you know, using eyeballs. There, there's just no way. You can't see enough. You can't determine enough. There's some broadcast better than others. There's no way that you're going to be able to do that. So the only way to properly do it is to implement a computer computer system. I get that. But there also needs to be the next step. The next step when you when that computer spits out that poll and you look at it and you say, ooh, that that doesn't seem right. And I and I understand when a team plays a harder schedule, they get rewarded for actually playing. But I'm under the impression the way college football has always been, and I assume that, you know, we, you know, college football, you know, has had its share of controversy as well. But I assume that when you are playing a tougher schedule and you are, you know, you, you are putting yourself in a position to get boosted even more if you win with the risk of going backwards if you lose. Well, in this scenario, there's no back, there's no risk of going backwards. It's either a super boost or a little boost. But I'm sorry, you should not get boosted for losing games. And this is not a UNLV thing. UNLV happens to be in the mix. This is a right or wrong thing. And I don't mean to always turn it into this poll thing, but you know, UNLV sitting at four or sitting at five and you know, they got to get in that top four. They were in the top four. They didn't play. Well, they're it, back it, in the top four, Dana. They're, they're, in the okay. late, they're, they're four this week. Okay, but you know prior to this week, right. they were Last five. Last week they were five, yeah. And didn't play, and Liberty didn't play, and somehow they switched. UNLV was four two weeks ago. So that's my only issue with the where the polls are, and I think UNLV is right where they should be at this point. So good job right now. But again, not about UNLV. Let's go down to 11th and 12th and 13th and see. Uh, how how about it, we get, stop it? Let's stop at seven at Central Oklahoma, 22 yeah, exactly. and oh, and, and they beat UNLV. That's right. Uh, albeit on their home ice, and it probably was a, a wake up call for UNLV more than anything. But how how do, how do they sit at seven? 
<laughs> I mean, aren't you rewarded for winning 22 games and only losing four? Uh, I mean, it's absolutely right. I mean, it's, I would have to look at the rest of their schedule because I'm assuming the rest. I mean, I don't know. How could the rest of their schedule douse them down or put them down even more? I, I they play a pretty competitive schedule in the division that they're in. I mean, I don't I, – I would have to look at each one of these teams and say, that doesn't look right. Because whether it's a five-person committee or a six-person committee or somebody in that a regional committee, which would be great, and I know it would take a little bit extra work, but it's worth it to sit there and say, okay, this doesn't look quite right. We need to make some adjustments here. And, and I don't know, you know, quite how to how to do that because again, the ACHA is so big. But you would have to have guys maybe dedicated to the top, you know, fifteen to twenty, maybe to twenty-five, to say, well, yeah, this team should be in, and this team with, you know, that's eight games under five hundred should not be there. And that's not, you know, a rip on any of those teams. That's just saying, hey, look, you didn't win the games you're supposed to win. There's other teams, too, that are playing weaker schedules, so you also have to take that into account. How much do you push them up when you play into a, a weaker conference or you play, you know, even though your record could be 24 and, you know, 24 and 4, and I'm not, you know, talking about Central Oklahoma, but even your record could be that, but, you know, you're not really quite playing at, at the same level as, you know, as UNLV is playing or the you know, the, the top teams in, in the ACHA. So there is quite a difference as well between, um, you know, where the top, say, 10 is in the ACHA. And I think there's a huge gap between, say, 10 and, I don't know, 10 and 20. And then after that, I think there's a giant drop off. So you also have to factor that in as well. Well, my, my biggest thing is I think the simplest thing to happen, at least for fans and parents and sponsors and those people, is it, it, when you get to the second semester, if your team hasn't accumulated double-digit wins, you shouldn't be eligible to be in the top 25 in my book. And I know that's going to hurt two teams in the WCHL, so nobody call me a homer. Uh, Arizona State 5-12-0, Utah 6-7-3, but Jamestown 9-7-4. Jamestown found out. Uh, that when they came to play in the WCHL, they got beat by Grand Canyon and lost twice to UNLV. Uh, so, so you can't just yeah. play Minot State back and forth and University of Mary and whatever, and uh, and stick in the top ten because you got to get to double digits first, and then then you can go into the computer rankings. Anyway, uh, I, I'm I agree with box. that. I agree <laughs> with that completely. I mean, we could have we could do a whole a whole show on that. It's um, there's no perfect science, and I will absolutely say there's no perfect way to do it. And, of course, being where we are at being close to UNLV, being close to the West, we watch that closely. What they really need is somebody to watch the league closely and to say, yeah, that doesn't seem right. I understand your reasoning. I understand why the, the computer came up with that, but that doesn't look right. And that's where the human element comes in. It's just like when you're you're watching hockey games, and I get people asking me, you know, who do who do you think the best team in the NHL is? Well, you know, I would say Team A, and then they would come off with some analytical reason why not. Well, analytics are fantastic. I, I use them all the time. I I look at them constantly. But again, numbers will only tell you where you've been, not where you're going. And there also has to be a human element to say, hey, look. 
Your goaltending situation has changed after the break. You're, you've lost some kids to, uh, to to grades, maybe even graduation, as, you, as in the case with UNLV. Things have changed. And guess who doesn't know that? The computer. Yep, good stuff. All right, Stephen, you still there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry I was sorry, I was dozing off there for a minute. <laughs> Get a little nap in while you two were going at it there, but <laughs> sorry, um, buddy. No, no, uh, Dana. I guess I'd want to ask this: is that you know you, you have been with the program for for several years, and you've seen the kind of the growth of the program, and and I've I've been close with the program too, and and just seeing the growth of it, but. This year's team seems to be the best team, the most complete team, I think, this year. I mean, what have you seen from from the team this year that it just makes them so good? I think, obviously, not having the season last year with COVID, maybe a renewed sense of motivation. But um, what is about this team this year that, that is having the run that they're having right now? Well, I'll tell you, it's very simple. And it's one word that will win you championships at the ACHA level and it will win you Stanley Cups. And that's depth. And every single year I'll talk to, you know, uh, Coach Vignary Greener, and he will say, I think we have some pretty good depth, or I think we're pretty skilled, or, you know, we should be better defensively. But this is the first year I've consistently seen that depth. And, and you, you sat right, be, you know, right next to me the other night, you know, doing the first game against Jamestown. And, you know, they have no problem putting out their – their third line or their second line. In fact, you know, I think their second line is, uh, has more points than the actual first line. It's, it's, it, every line has a job on this team. The third line is just to go out and create absolute havoc. If you haven't had a chance to see Bradley Gallant, who is, you know, my favorite rebel at this point in time, that kid's got an absolute motor that goes out and disrupts everything that you want to do on offense it it disrupts all your transition and he just goes out there and and absolutely is creates havoc and then of course with him and Butusov and if they put Nick Flanders on that line I mean that is a fourth line that is a is horrific to play against that's the depth that they haven't had and oh by the way now in goal in previous years we've had one we've had you know one a and then probably two a this year is one a and one uh one b and the reason is you got a guy like vince benedetto who got the second win the other night against jamestown no he there was a little bit of a gap to start but now that gap is certainly closed, and it's not because Zach, when Zach Wixon went back to Benedetto. It's because Benedetto said, I'm going to take my lunch pail to practice every single day, and everybody you talk to said, this kid deserves to play. And now it's kind of a – maybe it's not an alternating thing, but it certainly is a, a game every three, three games for Vince. And that's the kind of depth, whatever. And of course, on on uh, as far as defensemen are concerned, I mean, Alex Johnson has been fantastic. Uh, Hunter Mazzillo has been great. And then you know, the kind of that third pairing is where maybe it gets a little thin. But I thought Jack Kennedy played pretty well, and I think Lenzen does at times. So uh, I think depth for sure is the difference between this team having a legitimate shot to make noise at the ACHA tournament. Yeah, I'm going to totally agree with you on that. I'm also going to throw one other thing in. 
I'm sorry, buddy. I lost you. Did we lose Scott there for a second? Dana, you yeah, we there, lost right? Scott. Okay, well, yeah. let me let the guys get oh, settled in is. the custom. They took a little uh, Scott. Scott, uh, yeah. you cut off for a second there. Can you start your question oh. up again? Oh, did I really? Okay. Yeah, we, we didn't hear we didn't hear most of it. Okay, so I said, Dana, the uh, one of the things is uh, the way they are off the ice. Um, they went early to Chicago. They let the guys uh, get accustomed to Chicago. They let them uh, uh, get a practice in a good night's sleep, and they took it seriously. Like, they wanted to win the thing. Uh, other teams didn't do that. Uh, they yeah. showed up the day yeah. of, and they expected their guys to perform, and it showed on the ice. Yeah, and Scott, this is – I mean, it's an excellent point because it really isn't anything that you can recruit. And I, I've talked to coaches about this, and I know UNLV has tried to find the magic formula as well. And, and my discussions with, uh, you know, Coach McNary Greener, he – has said, you know, the one thing we're trying to bottle and, and the last hurdle into being an elite team is that going on the road and consistently having that, that, business, that business mentality, that workmanlike mentality, and getting Ws on the road and expecting to get them. He said up to this point, and I'm paraphrasing, but up to this point he said, you know, we, we knew we were a good team, but I never knew what team was going to come out. And he said, now we know what we are going to do on the road. We feel like we've had that, that formula down. And he was even, you know, perplexed going into the season enough to, to talk to other coaches who have had success on the road and what they did. And, uh, you know, you've had some coaches say, don't let your kids do any homework. And, you know, I'm there go. Well, I mean, it's still college, right guys. But, um, <laughs> keep that homework so, out. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I understand it, it's the focus on the game, but then I kind of go back to, you know, the days I would, I, I remember I would, you know, travel a little bit with the rebel basketball team. And, you know, I, I remember one trip, uh, up to Oregon, uh, Oregon state when they were playing the Beavers and I'm looking on the, on the plane. And I'm, these kids have got their books open, like legitimately. I mean, anybody who said, that, you know, student athletes don't study or don't care about sports. That's not the way it was with them under Kruger. I can tell you that. Um, so it, it's, you know, I, I understand what he's saying. I don't think he's saying not to study, but these, but it's good to know that the kids are also worried about that as well. And of course they have to stay eligible, which, you know, once in a while comes up and, and bites every team. But the magic formula to winning on the road. And I think this year there's a there's a huge advantage for UNLV because of the way they, they that they schedule. There usually was such a big chunk of home games and a few road games to begin, and then the middle would be a huge chunk of home games, and then a few at the you know, a road game at the end. Maybe just this I remember going to Stony Brook and thinking to myself, that's that's kind of a peculiar road game at this time of year, but Okay, I, I, you you win, and that's you get the rewards for that. Um, they didn't and didn't. So this year, it's a lot more chopped up, like a normal schedule would be for you know a higher level program, and that allows you to feel the ebbs and the flows of playing at home than having to go on the road. And I think this is the most perfect schedule that UNLV has had since I've been with the program. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Dana. I think it's it. The schedule is 
they've gotten better each year that they've been able to put a schedule together. You know, now this year, this is their first season of playing in the WCHL. What do you think that impact has been on the team, being in this league, in the WCHL? And, and you know, they played a lot of these teams before, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah's and all that. But just being in this league now and having that as another level up to their play and what they're trying to achieve, how, how has that been impactful for the team and, and, there's, and just what they're trying to do? I mean, it's great. It's great to be in the league for sure. And that's, it gives you kind of a, a leg up. I, I, I don't know ultimately what the overall benefit is. They've never had a problem getting most of that teams, most of those teams in that league to come play anyway. I think it's like the automatic bid thing and you're kind of giving yourself a little bit of a, you know, a, a little bit of a, you know, soft spot to land on. Maybe if you're, uh, you know, you're relying on that um, regular season. If you're relying on that conference win to get you in to the tournament, but I, I never really felt like UNLV was in that spot. Um, I'm sure they had the reasons for joining them, but but honestly, you know, outside of Central Oklahoma, I mean, most of these other teams they play anyway. So that's kind of an incomplete answer, I think. And I don't know if you ask them if they could give you an answer as far as benefit is concerned, because the better you got, the better you are. I don't know if it has a, a huge effect on recruiting. I mean, do you guys feel that way? Well, do, do you do you think it was a necessary step for them to take at this level as they're trying to get to the NCAA level? Do you think that was a necessary step that they had to maybe join a, a, a good, solid no. conference within the ACHA Division One to get to NCAA, or do you think they would have been able to no. have that pathway with even without that? No, I don't think they needed to do that at all. I think they wanted to to be part of a conference, and you know, I, I don't know if. Hey, look, I, I don't think anybody's coming to UNLV because of the part of the conference, and that's not it's not a rip on the conference at all. UNLV could win a title without joining a conference, and people will come to them, and they will come to Las Vegas because it's Las Vegas. So there's not a scheduling issue, or you're trying to secure your spot in a conference because you want to play a better schedule. I I don't know, I, and I again, I think if you ask the coaches, I think they'll probably look back at the end of the year and try to kind of assess that as well. I'm not really sure it's been a huge benefit, but you know, I mean, most of these teams, you know, we play anyway, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it does, well, you, but I don't well, you look at this, them at all. And you look at it this year because this. UNLV is, UNLV is number four, but they're number third, I think third in the WCHL standing. So they're, they're most likely not going to get the WCHL title, just depending on how things work out. But yet they're number four in the ACHA and probably will be within that top five or top six or whatever echelon they end up being in. So, yeah, I guess well, there's some. I mean, so that's the answer to the question anyway. I mean, it's not a benefit, and it doesn't help them get further. I mean, it's not like – look, it's not like Texas A&M joining the SEC. I mean, it's not, you know, this recruiting thing where you can say we're playing an SEC schedule. It's just not that way at the ACHA <laughs> level. So I'm not really sure you know, uh, if there was any benefit at all, honestly. I, I don't think – I think originally uh, – keep in mind there was a COVID year in there, so there's actually been two years of being in the league. So we're talking three years ago when they, they petitioned to get in. Uh, I think there's a couple of things, though. I think playing for a championship – at, at any level, it can keep you guys motivated. We're seeing that in NCAA hockey. Um, but I also think two things happened in the process. You and I were just talking about that, Dana, that uh, UNLV is currently number four. They want to be in the top four for that buy, that first-round buy in the tournament. So they've gone to the, past that now, past the point of needing an auto bid, um, soft spot or whatever. Uh, they've gone past that now, and they're they're more concerned with being – 
a top four ranked team when the tournament starts than they are even yeah. winning the conference. Yeah. I think. I think that's what. I it mean, comes I would hate to. to think though. I mean, Scott, you're you're close to the program. You know everybody around it, and we we don't have that mentality of we're looking for a safety net to get into the tournament. No, not at all. I mean, all. we have – there's a mentality of we're going to get there no matter what. And they would have – I mean, I still – during the COVID year when they canceled the tournament, I still would have loved to have seen this team in the tournament. They oh, might not – you know, they might not have gone, you know, three deep, but they would have made a lot of noise because they were playing their best hockey that I had ever seen them play. And that really started that second game against Minot on a Sunday on a different rink at home than, than we're usually used to playing on. And that game to me was the turner. There was two things that have turned, if you will, turned this up a notch, not turned it around because UNLV hockey was always relevant. But what really turned it up a notch for UNLV was a, when they went out and got David Anderson from Jamestown and came back after a losing streak and beat Jamestown one nothing with their own goaltender. I thought that was a brilliant move to go out and get the necessary goaltending help that they needed. That That is absolutely gone under the radar and should be commended every, every chance you get to talk about it. And then the second thing was that second game against Minot, um, where UNLV was absolutely on fire. They were the fastest team, even though the players remained the same. They were the fastest and the quickest and played their, played their game. They were always in position. They, were, uh, they didn't take stupid penalties. Uh, they were the best I've ever seen them. And those two things, if UNLV goes on to make a lot of noise in a tournament, you can go way back and say, well, that's, those are things that really helped them because, A, David Anderson came out, came in, uh, coming in gave them the Band-Aid that they needed until they could get the goaltending depth to still be relevant, but wait until they have the current situation that they have now. And then confidence-wise, I think that second game against Minot really turned the light bulb, bulb on for this group to say, hey, look, uh, we can really do something here. And even though a lot of those players have changed, the culture uh, and the expectations have not. Can I pile on that one more? Yes, please. <laughs> please. You're 100% correct. And that led to what I saw in the Chicago Classic where uh, they asked um, uh, Illinois to give them the toughest schedule that they could give them. They asked for that in advance. Yes. They were granted yes. that. They, they beat uh, Minot State. They beat Liberty and they beat Adrian. Uh, you can't you can't be more impressive than that in the ACHA. The only other thing they could have done was bring Lindenwood in and That's play right. them too, because uh, they've they've played everybody and they've beaten everybody up there. Uh, so the the confidence that they have this year is completely different. And I've been on record. I'll say it again tonight. It's it's going to be if, if the brackets line up. It's going to be Lindenwood and UNLV in the championship game in uh, the Centene Center in uh, middle of March. Well, I can't wait to see that, and I hope that absolutely does. There's a lot of business to be taken care of, and UNLV's got a tough schedule you know, coming up. I mean, Arizona, there's an opportunity to avenge their last loss to Arizona, and, of course, two games with Liberty coming up. And Grand Canyon, for some reason, is always a thorn, just – I don't know what it is. I just, you know, no, they don't especially get especially when they, especially when they play in in Grand Canyon's place. That's, that's yeah. Funny. But I, I also remember when UNLV was D two, that Grand Canyon was kind of a, uh, kind of a thorn, and um, 
there was always it's never easy about, uh, against them. Um, that doesn't mean Grand Canyon beats you in LV. It just means it's never easy. You never walk out of there breathing easy after the second intermission. I'm sure Arizona would agree with that statement. I'm sure James Scott would, just get there, would right. agree with that statement. UNLV, I'm sure, would agree with that and other teams that have played Grand Canyon this year, in, at, least, at least in Grand Canyon. All right, Dana, I, I got to ask you this before we run out of time. Um, we lost a good, a good guy, uh, much closer to you than I was ever to Brian. I think you introduced me to him two or three times. Yeah. Um, and uh, t- to lose that gentleman – um, and I use the word gentleman uh, because he was a true gentleman, uh, very knowledgeable. Uh, I'm going to let you talk about what he meant to uh, to sports, to hockey, to Vegas, all of that. I want to tell you a quick story. I know you probably remember this. Um, you were doing the, the show for him once and, and had asked me to come on the show. And I don't think Brian was sold on me at that point. <laughs> and, and, uh, and you snuck me on the show. Oh, and I yeah. don't know if you ever caught heck for it uh, afterwards, but you snuck me on the show along with, uh, I don't know, did we have Pat Micheletti on that day uh, before me? Or? <laughs> Pat was on, Pat's been on quite a bit. Pat's yeah, a good so, friend of the show. So I took two things away from, from that. I'm going like, you know what? Uh, I had to earn Brian's blessing, if you'll uh, pardon the pun, uh, to be able to be on the show. And I, I took that as a as kind of a feather in my cap that you snuck me in there. And I don't know if he ever got to you on that or not. But anyway, yeah. I appreciate being on. And, and uh, I, I respected him so much for that because he just didn't take anybody. He wanted to know who you were and what you knew. Uh, so I respected that. The other thing that I took away from it, and that's what I do in the podcast now, when we have a guest on and, and it maybe runs a little late, I think back to Brian. I was wanting to stack the commercials either in front or back. Always and never in interrupt the conversation. Yep. And, and, and there's been times people have said, hey, why don't you put me in the middle of the conversation? I'm going, no, I'm not doing that. It, it's a Brian Blessing thing, and I believe in it too now. And that's how we do it. So if you're a sponsor and you don't get your ad played till the end, I'm sorry, but that's where it's going to go because the guest is what makes the show. Absolutely correct. And he never stopped doing that. And all his, most of his commercials were right at the end or right at the beginning. And he used to say, Hey, we'll play the commercials. And I get 45 minutes to talk. And I used to say to him, Brian, 45 minutes straight is a lot of time to talk to you. <laughs> but, uh, He's, I have to tell you, um, and I've had this discussion with many, many people about Brian, and I, I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart that uh, Brian was a, a mentor, and he was a friend, and he, above all to me, was a father figure. I mean, we were only 15 years apart, but, you know, I, like we said on one of his tribute shows, you know, I said, you know, when you're growing up and you don't really get everything that you need from your father, but you don't really realize it until you get older and then somebody else, you know, kind of comes in and starts to fill in those cracks that you didn't know were cracked to begin with. And then you, you think, wow, that's this is much more. A, uh, this isn't about sports anymore. This is about, you know, this dude would bend over backwards for me and I would for him. And, you know, we just really wish his his wife Marie the best um, you know his his children his granddaughter I mean it is it's you know it's it's horrible I mean it's it's gut-wrenching it's all the bad words that you can think of and it's it's tough because you know I know I talked to 
I talk with Steven all the time about, you know, on the way home, I would call Brian. And Brian would always know I'd want his blessing. But Brian would never give that to me. He would always just tell me all the things that I needed to do better. And, you know, then apparently <laughs> another mutual friend of ours, he used to joke about it all the time because he thinks I'd always want his approval, which I did. And I've never asked for anybody else's approval other than him because I appreciated so much about who he was as a person and what he accomplished. And it takes that, that, that means a great deal to me, uh, the, the last portion of what have you accomplished. And so not only was he accomplished, but he was a great friend and, uh, you know, the best one I've ever had. And so that's, that's the highest compliment I can ever pay to him. And moving forward, there's a lot of things in the works and there's a lot of T's that need to be crossed and a lot of I's, uh, I's that need to be dotted. But we are going to do everything we can to protect the integrity of his radio shows and, uh, and make sure that his name continue, con continues to live on in the way that it should. Well, that's well said, and uh, I, I would expect nothing less from you and the rest of the group up there in Vegas. Um, it, it's just a sad, it's a sad time. It's we've lost so many people, Bama, uh, recently yeah. uh, with so many different things, and um, it, it's really tough. It seems like almost every day I turn around. I I had that conversation with Coach Powers last night. Uh, we lost Matt Schott in Arizona, who was a, yeah. a very instrumental in in things, and. And uh, Brian was one of those people, but uh, that was the first thing that came to my head was when you had me on the show, and I was going like, I don't think Brian wanted me to put put me on there yet. Uh, <laughs> well, what's funny about that, Scott, is when he was when I was filling in for him. Um, yeah, I, you, you weren't the worst, so you you weren't the, like the biggest stretch, <laughs> believe me. And it wasn't. I don't mean like as far as you, what you did, how good you did on the air, what you did fine. But I did a lot of things. It was crazy. I had Brian Slagle on, who is the head of a record company called Metal Blade Records. And anytime I can get metal into the show, I will. And Brian <laughs> it loves hockey, so that was my in to have him on the show. I had... I remember one time uh, UNLV, I think, was going up to Utah, and I was doing, doing an interview with, with Nick Raboni. And, you know, they're on the bus, and I can hear all the stuff that's going on, and they're passing the <laughs> phone around. And I'm like, Brian would never appreciate this chaos, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. We'll see if we can create some more. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you could tell that story. I'm glad I could tell you that story because it's it's the first thing that popped into my head. And um, like I said, I I, I could tell uh, the first time that I met him that he was going to like test me and see what my knowledge was and where I really was coming from. And uh, that was fantastic. And like I said, the stacking of the ads is something that uh, I will do forever uh, based on uh, Brian. So um, he never be, said anything just, just to just to ease your mind. He never <laughs> said a word about that because at least you're in hockey. He was more worried about why I was talking about the first Metallica record and not talking about <laughs> hockey during the uh, hockey show. So that that really stuck to his ribs quite a bit. By the way, Data was talking about, I think when I saw him on Friday at the UNLV game, he wanted – he was complaining about the music that they wanted. Oh, wanted some more. He wanted some more Metallica or some of that type of yeah. music being played instead of what they were playing. I mean, look. I mean, when they do play anything that resembles a rock song, it doesn't take them 
10 seconds before this thing to turn into some dance dance mix. I'm so, I'm sorry, but you should never you should be prosecuted if you turn an ACDC song into a dance mix. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just <laughs> and believe me, I look look Miley. I want to party in the USA just as much as you. But once in a while, can we hear some ACDC? Can we hear you know even Def Leppard or, or something? Give me something that owns a guitar. I have to end this real quickly by saying uh, I, I hadn't met Brian Slagle until uh, the under 18 worlds in this oh, past April. You know, Brian. Oh yeah. Well, oh, let me okay. tell you, let me tell you how it happened though. Okay. Uh, oh, Scott, knows the, every, Scott knows everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm at the under 18s and uh, I, I get this. Wait, hold I on a this. second. What? Oh, okay. Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Hockey tournament. Okay. Got it. Yeah. The under 18 world championship in, like, in, uh, hanging out? in Frisco. And, okay. uh, and there wasn't many people there because of COVID, of course. And uh, I'm there after the first night. And the next morning I wake up, I get a direct message. And this guy goes, hey, are, are you in Frisco? And I'm going like, yeah. <laughs> Is somebody stalking me? <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, uh, well, I'm here too. And I'd like to meet you. Where are you at? So I, really? I told him. I told him, and sure enough, he came down there and he said, "Hey, you know, I, I like what you do." And and he was introducing oh, himself great. to me, and he goes, "You know, if you ever need anything in Vegas, uh, I can, I, you know, I'd be happy to help. And no matter what it is, it just don't don't be afraid to reach out to me." So. Yeah, it just like here in Frisco, Texas, I meet a guy from Vegas that I didn't know. And then uh, <laughs> he was telling me about his music business and all that. And I'm going like, yeah. oh, this is too cool. This is just way too cool. Uh, well, yeah. well, did he did he downplay his music business? Big he, time. Did, oh, OK. Yeah, he did. He's, he's a major player. Oh, I know he is. I know. I, I, I did some research on him after I met him. I'm going like, I should know about this guy. And I, I, I'm going like, holy cow. And he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, if you're, if you ever decide you're going to move to Vegas and you, you're looking for a house or you're looking for an office or whatever, just let me know. He said, I, I love what you're doing. And I think you got, you know, you just gave me all this confidence boost. And I'm going like, here I am in the middle of Frisco, Texas, <laughs> watching the is world it, championships. And there's this guy from Vegas. Is uh, it true, Scott, story? that after you researched him, you immediately sent him a direct message asking him if he could autograph your shoulder blade? <laughs> I guess that joke didn't go well. <laughs> Are you, is he gone? Can you hear me? Oh, I can't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I did not do that. I said I probably should have, but I immediately sent his information to Paul Hornstein, my my NCAA co-host out of New York, and he's going like, do you know who this dude is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I hear him on national broadcast, and I just think to myself, God, this guy just – this guy just sent me back a DM after I was asking him about <laughs> social media, and I'm like, man, I don't know to feel good about that or if he just <laughs> felt pity for me. But, yeah, it was great having him on the show. And I, I do like to step outside of that box a little bit because, you know, hockey is so broad. And, you know, I have, you know, music's my second interest for sure. So if I can combine those two, and, and my goodness, I, I didn't know you were such a metalhead now, but it's your – you know, the right-hand man of Schlegel. <laughs> so we'll have you on all the time if that comes up. I, that was just funny that that's that's how he ended up finding me, you know, and, like, I, I was so shocked. I'm going, like, who is this person, and why do they want to know where I'm at? Because uh, the press box was so spread out there that 
they they gave me two tickets. So I was actually <laughs> sitting on the glass. So one ticket was for me to sit in. One was to keep people away, a quote unquote six feet. But I, I was at the glass for all the games. So he came down and goes, whoa, I like this. <laughs> I like this sitting at the glass stuff. And there was nobody in the building anyway. He could have gone anywhere he wanted to. But anyway. Yeah, that's crazy, Scott. I mean, good for you because, I mean, we were in the same building one time uh, for, you know, for hockey. And I sent him a DM saying, hey, are are you here? Knowing full well, he was standing right there. And he sent me back saying, no, I'm, I'm far away from where you are. So good for you, Scott. I mean, he must really like you. I'm like, Brian, I know you're right there. Uh, <laughs> As he ducks away and puts his hoodie on. Uh, anyway, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you telling the stories. Um, you know, I wanted to have you on earlier, but I knew it was tough and I'm sure it was tough again to bring it up, but, uh, Brian's memory has got to be continued because he's just such a, I mean, we didn't even talk about Buffalo and how big he was there, but, uh, and I didn't know that until after you introduced me the first time. And then I did some research on him. I'm going like, Holy cow. (laughs) It's insane. I mean, just to add to that, you know, just because I I know you have two hours for the show. I, you know, the, the funny thing about that was he's been gone from Buffalo for 15 years in the outpouring of condolences from back East. I mean, just talking to his brother and, you know, talking to, you know, Mike Harrington and other guys that, you know, work in, uh, in the media back there. And this guy was so loved and he hasn't been back there for 15 years. That's his, that's the kind of reach. And that when, when you talk to Brian and he absorbed you into his life, you knew there was no getting out of that realm, but you never really wanted to because Brian was so great. Yeah, and, and he never did tell me to take off that hat that you uh, used to give me a bad time about being at the, the Dodgers game. But <laughs> <laughs> you remember my hat that you always used to say I looked at the guy that was not behind the uh, jugs gun at the Dodgers oh. game? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, gee, shoot. Yeah. Well, he was behind there when Fernando was always pitching. And, yeah. <laughs> I remember that now. Oh, anyway, I'm glad we can laugh and joke about it. It's, it's a terrible thing, but uh, he's in a much better place than the rest of us. And, uh, man, what a legacy. That, that is just a yeah. legacy from well, one end of the country well, to we just the gotta other. Expe- we we got to expect the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl. And I don't know. And, and we're going to see Jack Eichel here with the Golden Knights soon, but maybe the, the Sabres will, will do well here at some point. And- well, I know one thing. I, I know if there was any such thing as – you know, going up to the big guy and asking for a few favors. I, I know I was pretty confident prior to the Niners game that Brian would say, hey, uh, how about we just let this one go and we'll have a Bills-Cowboys Super Bowl. But, you know, true to Brian Blessing form, he probably walked up and said, get these guys out of here. <laughs> get these guys. I don't, just, because, I don't, just because he knew how big of a Cowboys fan you are. So yeah. he didn't, <laughs> he's he like, he's – he said, that sucker is sitting down there, hoping I put in a good word. And I said, I, I you know, true to blessing fashion. He said, get these guys out of here. We don't need any happiness. Uh, Dana Lane, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck uh, with UNLV hockey the rest of the way. And I promise we're going to get together somewhere along the way very, very soon. Okay, sounds good, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Okay, Stan, and I'll be right back in about uh, four minutes. We're going to stack the ads uh, (laughs) right now and be back to wrap up another episode of Great West College Hockey Podcast. 
ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you from Denver, Colorado tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, I don't think we need to go down that road with our typical guest thing because we both know Dana very well, and uh, what a treat it was to have him on and to give his tribute to not only uh, Brian Blessing but also to give us the insight into UNLV a lot like you do. Um, 
so well. It's a, uh, it's a real treat. Uh, it's fun to have him on. So, uh, your thoughts from, uh, from Dana? No. Yeah. D Dana is a, is a wealth of knowledge. He, he knows the game very well. He obviously knows the UNLV program very well as he's, he's close to that was he does the games for them. And, and, uh, yeah, it's, he's got a lot of, a lot of insight and all that. And, I thought it was interesting. He said that it didn't really think like it really mattered, or that might, that much that being in the WCHL it, really that mattered for them. And and maybe it it doesn't. I I just think it has some sort of an impact uh, because uh, you know you're trying to get to that next next level and being in some sort of conference. You know, kind of Arizona State did that. You know, they you know in, in the ACHA. So you know, I, but but it UNLV could very well not win the WCHL, which depending on what happens this weekend could be a, really a reach because of the, how good central Oklahoma is, how good Missouri state is, but UNLV could still end up being a better ranked team when it comes to tournament time. So uh, yes, maybe that, that doesn't matter, but I thought that was interesting, but you know, Dana, um, you know, sharing all that about, about UNLV. I, I agree with, he said too, about the third line with, with Galan. I, I've seen most of UNLV's games this year, at, at least the home games. And, and Galan has someone who's improved every game and, and, uh, he's really come on strong in the, in the, in the season here, even, even going back to the Missouri state series, which the series I filled in for Dana doing those games. And he was, that line had a big impact and it just seems like he's gotten better and better. So um, it, it is, I, I think UNLV does have that depth and I, I think Dana was right there too. And, and uh, it, it's just something about this team. It's just, they're, they're motivated. Uh, and not that the other teams weren't, weren't motivated, but there's just, you can just sense the determination for this team that they want to win and they want to, they want to get that ACHA title um, because uh, it's okay. within reach. It really, it really is. Let, let me put this in perspective for you. Uh, in the past, there's been a lot of really good players that have come through that UNLV, UNLV program, but Dana hit it on the head this year. They have depth. And I think in the past, what would happen is um, guys would maybe try to do too much. You think of a guy like a Cody Williams who could do a lot of things. Uh, Jake Sachs, guys that could do a lot of things. But once that that group got shut down, there there wasn't a whole lot behind them. And that's not to take away anything from those players, but there wasn't a whole lot behind them to keep things going. And right now they've shown and they've proven that, that they can do this as a team. And that, that's what's going to win them a championship. Getting back to the WCHL, I think whether they win it or don't win it, I think playing for a championship keeps you motivated to the very end until you're eliminated. And uh, I see that in NCAA hockey. I had that conversation with Coach Powers last night as well as um, their independence. So now they're, they have a razor-thin uh, margin of error if they're going to get in the pairwise high enough to, uh, to get in the national tournament. Well, flip that coin to Colorado College, who uh, has a new program uh, – well, not a new program, but a new building and a new uh, coaching regime – and they've been slowly building and getting better and better and better. But guess what? They've got a tournament at the end of the year. So they could finish last in the regular season in the NCHC, and they could go win the tournament and get an automatic bid into the national tournament if they win the NCHC tournament. So you're talking about motivating kids. I mean, what happens if uh, if ASU loses two at, at uh, Minnesota State this week in NCAA hockey, not this week, next week, uh, in uh, NCAA hockey, um, and it looks like they're eliminated. They can't get into the tournament because they can't get enough pairwise points. How do and you keep the number your one, players motivated? And they're, the number, 
And they're the number one team in the NCAA, right? So, I mean. Correct. Yeah, well, it depends who you ask. Uh, We say they are. (laughs) uh, Some people say Quinnipiac is. um, But anyway, they're one or two. They're a very good hockey team. So, that's my point. Um, Anytime you can play for a championship, play for a championship, right? I mean, uh, if it's a WCHL, I mean, just look at Arizona. They're they're extremely proud to be two-time defending champions. Um, They more than likely will not be able to be a three-time. But yeah, they're going to look back on that. And it's not about recruiting and all that stuff. It's about keeping your team that you have motivated to the very end. Yeah. And I think that's why winning the Chicago classic was a huge thing for the UNLV team. They've done it before oh, in, a diff- yeah. in a different format, but just the way, uh, you know, kind of the way it was set up the three games in three days and just the teams they had to play, uh, I think really put them on, on a good position there to, to taste what it would be like to be in that kind of a setting where every game, is going to be very critical. Well, that's the biggest series I think I see coming up. We don't have much time. We got about three minutes, but um, we UNLV at Arizona this weekend. It's going to be huge. Number th- uh, four against number fifteen. I guess is the way it stands at mm-hmm. the moment. Um, who else is playing this weekend, Stephen? Any other big games we need to know about? Yeah, you got the University of Oklahoma is going to be at Missouri State this weekend. Uh, that's a team that's at the bottom in Oklahoma, and Missouri State is at the top of the at the WCHL standings, or I think is second. Central Oklahoma might be at the top. Then you got Central Oklahoma is going to be at Colorado, so big series there. Chance for Colorado to maybe right down the street from me, <laughs> right down the street. You might have to go check that out on Friday, yeah. <laughs> and uh, if you don't have any NCAA duties, of course. And then oh, uh, I got big ones. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm sure you but... do. And then. Uh, <laughs> Colorado State, if, if you could split yourself in half and you half of yourself be one place and half of yourself be at the other place, that would be great. Couldn't they just play <laughs> afternoons so I could get my NCAA yeah. in at night? Know, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Colorado State, the other WCHL team, they'll be uh, at uh, Illinois taking on uh, Illinois. It's not a WCHL team, but Colorado State is, and so they'll be at Illinois uh, this weekend uh, as well. So that that takes care of all the WCHL teams. Oh no, I think there's one more. I think uh, Grand Canyon and and, and uh, Arizona State are playing. If if I can find that here, um, yeah, there it is. Yeah, Arizona State will be at, too. yeah, Arizona State will be at Grand Canyon. Wow, they're uh, traveling all the way across the city. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Well, you told me though, Arizona traffic. It, it could be, it could uh, yeah, be, it, it could, could be take a while. a while to get there. Yeah, could be a while <laughs> to get there on a Friday night. But that, yeah, that's absolutely. it. That's, those, are the, those are the matchups for the WCHL teams this, this weekend. All right. Well, our thanks to Dana Lane for joining us. Um, I don't know if you've got your read. Did you get a new read? Or I do. So I have old okay. Fantastic. Take it away, and uh, we'll let everybody know that uh, next week we're looking for another great guest. I'm working on either uh, one of the top four coaches. Uh, I got two of them on the line, so we'll find out in all of ACHA hockey. Ooh, that's a – that's a good. How's that for uh, tease? That's a good tease, and, and congrats to Dana being the very first guest on the newly named uh, Great West College Hockey Podcast. So, <laughs> congratulations again! I'm sure. All right, take it away, love, my friend. He'll he'll love that. He'll love that. Uh, those sort of <laughs> accomplishments and achievements in his uh, in his. Tell life. him we'll get him a plaque. <laughs> we'll get him a plaque exactly. <laughs> no, just get him a monitor so he can have a monitor to see the UNLV games. He's always talking about needing a monitor. To, <laughs> that's all he needs. That's all he all wants. All right, go ahead. Uh, From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. 
by Summer Skates. Whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. ACHA Division I hockey and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. Buy M-Drive, real drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Sweets. Our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. And by Burrito Express. Authentic Mexican food, fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. One more big thank you to Dana Lane for joining us tonight and uh, talking UNLV and and everything that is uh, Vegas hockey. It's always a pleasure. Um, Steven and I will be back next Wednesday with a great guest. Uh, in the meantime, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, leading up to our great show, uh, you'll have a chance to uh, keep up to date on uh, NCAA hockey and professional hockey in the West. We'll say goodnight. With Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. Be safe, everyone. <laughs>